Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. Hello. We're back. We're back Been for three, well, three weeks, yeah, yeah, because we was like two weeks and then I got confused was, and then... There was ill. I was snow. ill. Where were you the other week? Uh, I don't know, we, uh, three weeks, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I've lost a week somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. It's a bit of a panicky. Did you have another problem. holiday? Um, maybe. No, it was Mother's Day, and I was out that Sunday. Oh, okay. I was out with my mother and my yeah. family, doing family things, which, I, I, to be honest, I'm glad only happens once a year. It wasn't the mother so much as the niece and nephew, but, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, it was I assume a long, niece and nephew long was day. Also there. Yes, yes, it was a long day. Uh, and I'm kind of glad I don't have kids, really. Yeah. So there you go. So you were the only one of those who wasn't contributing to being the mother? Um, yeah. Something probably. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Uh, so yes, lots to talk about. Also, we're doing some crazy technological nightmarish experimenting. Okay, right, uh, fine. It'll have happened by then. Okay. The fact that this is going live to Twitch doesn't really. <laughs> it's a happening that is now happening and will have happened by the time yeah. you see this. And uh, and if you're watching this or listening to this, there's a much better video quality version of it available on YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, given that it's been that long, I probably ought to talk about the weeks. The, the the what we're playing static groups around the week thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Monday. Let's talk Monday. So I don't know. Have I even mentioned? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sure I've talked about secret world legends we're, we're doing that on the monday we we um we've we're on to the second zone now and in second stroke third zone pinging backwards and forwards between savage coast and blue mountain much faster much faster than before it was such a chore and but i think most people who've played old style old old school secret world pre-legends revamp thing will remember that you get solomon islands interesting kingsmouth towns that's your starter zone it's all yeah. new and interesting and fun Ooh, lots of griblies from the sea cthulhu dungeon and you know you do your dungeon to go and punch cthulhu in the face and that's all still there and then you sort of get onto the the second zone and oh more of the same and there's these irritating akab things which basically do a charge attack and knock you over all the goddamn time and then there's lots of running around in the blue mountain area and there's like sasquatch and more of these ACAB things and it just really bogs down and it doesn't help that the whole zone is that all three of these zones are basically perpetually shrouded in fog constantly is that for frame rate uh, well I think it might be a, a, a not very subtle way of keeping the draw distance down yeah but and so it's just a bit grim a bit drizzly a bit uh, grindy 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 and then it really makes you work through all the way through but I don't know what they've done I think the dawning of an endless night main story mission that runs through the entire Solomon Island three zones is seems much faster we're on to sort of story-based instances that I remember having taken much longer to get to last time through. Uh, so that's good. It keeps you interested, keeps you moving forward. Um, pretty much most of the side quests have all been rejigged to become sort of, now you've done a quest, go over here for the next main quest. You know, it's all, it's all signposting and sort of flows much better as a theme park experience, I suppose. Except the theme park, which is still a hideous place. There's a sort of abandoned fairground in one of these zones where they apply this horrid uh, sort of video static effect to your screen while yeah. you're in there and it, it always gives me a headache yeah. and still does so we skip straight through there without that hanging around much we are five of us doing solo questing and so that tends to speed things along as you might imagine I, I sometimes get a hit on things i've been experimenting with my secondary weapon so you pick a class now instead of just freeform getting it all wrong from the get-go an improvement yeah, the classes are pretty well designed, and they, the, the classes have trait lines, and in those trait lines, yeah, relatively easy, easily able to pick out the DPS line or the tanky line or the Healy line, whichever you want to actually do. And um, I thought, right, okay, so I've got me for Chaos Focus, and I've set that up to tank quite well. It works all very well, but I was doing almost no damage at all. It's almost embarrassing. They, I'd run on ahead and start attacking a monster, and the other four would come over the hill and see me, you know, frantically kicking at over and over and over at this, this solo mob, and then they just come in and one hit. Are you all right over there? Yeah, I'm all right. So I've decided to experiment with my pistols, which are the other weapon the okay. trickster gets, and those those have got a lot more DPS-y stuff in there. So I built up a, I've spent some points on building a lot, couple of lines of DPS abilities in there. And that's basically just standing there firing off guns like crazy all the time, and that's a lot more satisfying. Does a lot more damage. I mean, I still can't out damage the rest of the team because I think they've they've just gone a bit mad with better actual classes they picked from the start which have more inherent damage potential i guess i don't know it's it's, it's such a negligible and, and inconsequential thing though because we are five manning solo content it really doesn't matter what abilities or buttons we we press yeah. so 
So we're just blasting through as a sort of big steamroller bulldoze through the uh, early content with the, with the intention of getting well into Egypt before it starts to get a bit bogged down and a bit boring. Um, so I don't remember, we did get to Egypt last time, but it was such sort of slow going that, that we'd all sort of gotten a bit fed up of the game as a whole by then. So looking forward to that. I mean, you know, like I said before, the content's the same. It's just the mechanics are now better and more streamlined. So so yeah, we're doing well there. We're still we're still ticking through, still doing, doing the stuff. There's various stuff we can go back to. We did the Hell Dungeon. Uh, that's the second one that comes off of the motel, the Overlook Motel on Savage Coast. And yes, I can't remember what the actual story is there because I think there's some solo missions that you do beforehand which give you a bit of background to it, which we just sort of blast through without looking or paying any attention to. Um, but yeah, you're going in after some chap called Crowley who's gone in there and is being held captive and is being used as some kind of conduit to the mortal world or something. So yeah, have to work your way through a whole load of bosses and there's very dance boss fights in there. I mean, you, it's despite all the mechanics changes and streamlining they've done in this game they've they've sort of kept a lot of the content which means the dungeons work more or less the same way they haven't retooled how those boss fights work and some of them are very sort of positional there's one where you've you're in a big sort of ring shaped thing ring shaped area of sort of circular corridor and there's these these sort of emitter things that do lightning blasts in sequence around this circle so basically you have to kite the boss all the way around this circle while you're fighting it otherwise if you stand still you just get get hosed by the environmental effects that are going on then there's another one where you're on this long drawbridge thing and there's a big a bigger load of explodey fire that starts at one end and just sort of works towards you while you're fighting which is puts a bit of time pressure on the whole thing essentially dps check mechanics in a way if you haven't got enough oomph then you're not going to get it done uh, and then there was the last fight which i remember being a terrifying thing where three last time we did it in the old style game there were three of us lying dead watching the remaining two of us i think it was welsh troll and wish were just <laughs> sort of doing this dual ping pong blood magic damage over time kiting thing on the end boss and that was that was quite quite uh, hectic to watch let alone uh, take part in but this time we managed to all stay alive we did some good stuff there used our skills and abilities to cause damage and stuff i was tanking well i've got my tanking sorted in that game trouble is very little of the game requires tanking yeah <laughs> there's, there's the dungeons obviously but and there's each each zone has these layer areas which sort of burnt areas on the map which can typically contain very high level for the region enemies which i think you're meant to go back to after you finish the game and then work through those which i think we're too high to be able to do so there's not much in the way of ambient world group content in the game at present. And I suppose that's the compromise they make with the redesign. You know, you don't want the whole game to be just so difficult. People are getting steamrolled by solo mobs all the time. So... So yeah, um, yeah. Still, I think we're probably in the position to finish up um, Blue Mountain this week, and then probably we'll be on to Egypt the week after. So we're making yeah. really fast progress through there compared to previous. So yeah, that's going. That's going well. So over to you. Oh, I was quick. <laughs> wow. I've got lots to talk about. I'm just going to keep handing back to you until you run out of stuff, no, and then I'll take that over. Usual 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. I've got a lot to get through this week. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Oh, Monster Hunter World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah came, I've heard of that. It came out and was popular. Is, a, is that a Nintendo exclusive? No, no, no. This time, uh, last one was on Wii, and before that, it was on Sony Handheld. I played it on the Sony Handheld. The PSP probably. Was it the Vita? Either way, mm. probably PSP. And I really, really liked it back then. It was really, really good and really fun. And basically, it's a game where you go out, you whack on a monster, you steal bits of a monster. Yeah. And then, in a revolutionary idea, you take said bits of monster to make new things that enable you to take up bigger monsters. Okie dokie. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Always more <laughs> monsters. And this one is uh, much of the same, only it looks a lot better because it's on the current gen consoles, not quite out on PC yet, don't know when it will be. Mm. Uh, and so yeah, just basically you uh, get given a bunch of quests, you wander out into the uh, wilds, you whack on monsters until you can steal bits of them. It's getting a bit of a Witcher vibe off of the whole thing. It, it, yeah, sort of. Yeah, um, yeah it, you go, you kill a big monster, so yeah, very witchery, but not quite because you're just basically you're part of a scientific expedition <laughs> quite proactive science then yeah proactive biology <laughs> yeah yeah you, you you need to uh basically go out and um you'll be doing something like you need to expand your camp so what okay. happened is uh there's a big monster nearby yeah now said big monster was here first yeah so you kill it <laughs> 
some terrifying cultural imperialism going on then, yeah. Yeah. OK. <laughs> well, actually, that's one of the problems. Well, you can't start sympathising with the monsters. That way well, leads madness. That's the problem I am. Yeah. I'm feeling guilty. I'm killing these monsters. All Beautiful, natural creatures. Happily on this yeah. island. Yeah. And I just go out and kill them for the sake of it, because, you know, I want for to the know lols. more about the monsters. Yeah. Or somebody else wants to know more about the monsters. It's a very Victorian... bits of skin. <laughs> that's a very Victorian approach, it is. isn't it? <laughs> Something about the... Kill it, stuff it, put it in a bell jar, then study it. And, yeah. yeah. Something about the uh, 21st century uh, Englishman in me is rejecting the 19th century Englishman <laughs> attitude of doing that. Uh-huh. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pinning them to pinning them to wall charts and stuff. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so I spent the entire time playing it with this odd feeling. Yeah. This massive like unease. feeling that yeah, that I'm doing something wrong, that mm. I'm not the good guy. In fact, I'm the bad guy and I shouldn't be doing this. Well what would happen if you didn't do all this stuff? Would the monsters destroy all your friends and your on, camp and things? They're on an island. We could have just left them alone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the plot later on will explain why something needs to be done to stop them mm. going yeah. So Jurassic Park then basically. <laughs> It's the place where the big monsters go to every however many years. Okay. Uh, for reasons we don't know. You say know big monsters. How big are we talking? Are we talking kaiju? Well, or, or The game's open traditionally with you on a boat, yeah. or at least all the ones I've played. We're just talking rhinoceroses you're, with you're antlers. On, you're on a boat, yeah. and then a large creature will uh, attack and do... Oh, well, there the we go. And in this one, you're attacked by one which is they the size started of a it. mountain. They started it. There you go. I'm sure you are attacked. They opened hostilities. <laughs> Something the size of a mountain <laughs> yeah. wouldn't even notice you, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Uh, um, it, basically what happens is collection quests you, you uh, have a list of things you need to get you go out and get them and come back okay. um, and that's where the game maybe gets a bit repetitive I, I never had this problem with the old ones Yeah. but this one I do for some reason it just you go out, you find the monster you need to kill yeah. you track it, you, you look at the lots and lots of uh, uh, footprint still you track it and then it turns up on the map and then you bound off to where it is and go ha oh, I want that I want to kill you now and attack it with your sword or your whatever weapons and lots of weapons you can have okay uh, and then you beat it down to a certain point and then it runs off yeah and you chase it okay guess how many times that happens three yeah yeah uh, ticket in a box uh, and the last time it runs off uh, limping to its home Right, having essentially retreated, having surrendered yeah. in the only way it can understand how, having attempted to flee, you then yeah. follow it back to where it lives and kill it. And kill it. Right. And, and, and its children? Uh, well, if there's any other monsters nearby, yes, <laughs> they probably are getting in the way. Right. Yeah. 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 It comes down to the definition of monster, doesn't it? Maybe, maybe they're not the monsters. Maybe they're hunting a monster. Maybe they're being hunted by a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, monster hunter. You're a hunter that is a monster. Oh, I care with the game again now. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, yeah. it's all a question of role play. Uh, it's, it's a very Japanese game in style. Yeah. So um, it's got that look, and when you're walking so through the wall, you keep running. Seems like the game loop itself then is quite. Like I say, the basic business of hunting a monster sounds a bit repetitive. It, is, it doesn't yeah. mix things up, it doesn't change much. It, it's not a game that I can sit down and play massive chunks of. Perhaps you're not meant to. Maybe the hunting the monster is your game block, your game unit, fact, as I've it were. I've played it for a couple of weeks. And oh. <laughs> after all, it doesn't have, at the moment, any hook to get me to keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, got is the, there like it's got a lovely environment. Collectibles really... aspect? Is there a big list of monsters that you're filling in? Or well, there's always achievements, a obviously. That... You need to get new equipment to be able to kill the bigger monsters. Well, but I sit down and think, what should I play now? And the uh, list of games, most times it doesn't really come up. Well, yeah, that sort of sticky, I don't know, perhaps addictiveness is not the term, but, you know, there's all, the, the desire to want to play a thing. You Which know. is weird, because when I was playing it back on the PSP, um, that was there, and I had this desire to keep playing it. So they've done something different in this version or versus the old one. Or you've changed, yeah, yeah, possibly. Because that was a long time ago. Mm. Um, in fact, I probably talked about it years ago on the podcast. Mm. Um, like, probably right at the start sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something something about it that's not quite clicking with me. And for other people it may be. But I know that it's sold really, really well. Uh, well, even I heard of it, yeah. yeah. It yeah. sold really, really well. And, you know, broke records for the series and vindicated... Um, Made its money, I like, suppose. Uh, actually being available internationally, which may have been a thing which wasn't always uh, considered a good thing. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, and now, yeah, uh, so it sold loads, but only a couple of people I see on my friends, they're still playing it. Yeah. So I don't know if that means anything or just I don't have the right kind of friends. I don't know. What, what is the lifespan of these games these days, expected lifespan? How long are you... 
yeah. are people expected to be interested? And in a way, you don't really want people interested in your game to the exclusion of other games for very long because you want to try and sell them other games. No, that's not how it works now. <laughs> well, quite. Now it's games as a service. <laughs> they want you to play and keep playing and never stop playing. Well, that's that's, why, that's, that's just why GTA. Well, that's patently not. It did when it launched. That's not sustainable, then, is it? Because no, if if if, if 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 existing games do not go away, then new games don't really have a, a space in people's attention share or market share or whatever that wretched phrase is. You know, yeah, I mean, no, people can only be. But I, I've got a desktop full of icons that I look at when I want to play a game. But ultimately, there's about six or so that I'll actually play with any real regularity. Yeah. Six or seven. So, I get you know, those games that I keep meaning to play. Yeah, yeah. I started. And, forgot and that directly drives my purchasing or lack of you know i mean i don't buy a lot of games mostly because the games i've already got haven't gone away yeah. so yeah yeah so it becomes a lot much more fiercely competitive thing than i suppose if you're intending for your game to remain current and relevant yeah. for a very long time you've got to keep not only beat all the games that currently exist but guard against future games that are coming out yeah tricky tricky yeah mm. yeah so i should probably get back to play it yeah, cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about Factorio. So Tuesdays we were playing Elite Dangerous, um, and we didn't. I, I suppose we but sort of burnt out. But I don't think it was anything really. The game itself did. Content. Well, I no because I think the week after we stopped playing it, they dropped their big uh, first bit of uh, Beyond Elite Dangerous Beyond their current oh, DLC oh, patch updates. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and apparently there's uh, wing missions have gone in. Um, there's like another uh, a, a sort of heavy Type Ten variant that's designed for Thargoid hunting, that kind of thing. I mean, you know, there's, there's there's stuff happening still. It's still ongoing. But I think just the game as a whole, as a concept, you know, I, I, I'd gotten a bit tired of it and we were looking for something else a bit more interesting. Sea of Thieves coming up, of course, and is here now, I think, actually. It is time. Up, yeah, it's now, it's now here. Lots of our lots of lots of our elite dangerous gang were quite keen on that. I personally am a bit lukewarm on Sea of Thieves, mostly because it's a, essentially a PUBG kind of game. It's a it's a battle royale type of PvP format, uh, apparently. Well, awesome. yeah, there's it, there's a, a very strong PvP element, it's team PvP. team PvP element. Yeah, there's not apparently it's very hard single player. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just I'll I'm just a, I'm just a big wuss that doesn't really like PvP much. So I might I might just sit the Sea of Thieves out myself. Plus, also I've I've yet to use the Windows 10 store and I don't want to break my duck so you know see I got it for uh, free yeah. uh, with my uh, games pass oh if you've got the right kind of Xbox pass you've probably yeah. got it yeah you, well, you can get it for free yourself for a month. is it cross play compatible yeah what, Xbox people and PC people yeah, can all play yeah. the same. Oh, well, fair enough. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, cool. So um, yeah, but so so there was a lot of lot of uh, anticipation for that. But I think what we went we went with in the end on the Tuesdays was Factorio. Interesting choice. Yes, yes. Um, you know, a, a, a game about not being able to fit what you want in the available space. <laughs> it is a, Why yeah. did I put that there? I'm an idiot. It's an early access game that I wouldn't have wouldn't have gone for myself otherwise. But uh, it's still early access. Yes, I played it years ago. I know. And this is well. Do you want, do you want the early access rant again? I've, I'm sure I've done that a couple of weeks. No, no, no. Suffice to say, uh, well, I'll talk about that another time. But but basically, yeah, it's it's there and playable enough. They're still working on it though. There's still patches and tweaks and updates and things going on because it's not finished yet um no game's ever finished well this is the problem you isn't it yeah yeah but so yeah but we're playing that on the tuesdays and we're playing it in the co-op since we uh candle has uh, kindly hosted up a server for us he's done it on a uh, strict time availability limit as oh, well genius. yes yes because we've done this kind of thing before particularly usually with minecraft we'll have some, some someone more kindly set up a server and leave it running and and some of us will log in for an hour and chat and do a little bit yeah. a few things together and some of will log in for like 20 or 30 hours in the dead of night and build well, terrifyingly large and complex castles that I find quite intimidating. Sometimes you log in day two expecting to find the frontier and there is an entire town. There. Yeah, there's, where does this shopping mall come from? Yeah. So, well, by, by, basically by that I mean that different different people playing have different levels of participation and enthusiasm, of course, you know, and that's fine. There's not, activity stream. nothing wrong with that at all. Some people want to just dabble and some people are really into this stuff and it's a problem when you just let people play at their own pace in this kind of shared endeavor because what happens is that yeah like a lot you, you various people get you know some people log in and look around and see such vast industry having gone on that they find themselves a bit intimidated and wonder well what how can i contribute what's left for me and i don't know it's only a problem if you get competitive about it i yeah. suppose because you know these kinds of servers they're typically co-op or you know co-op or solo together type endeavors 
So there's not really things to compete against. But um, so, but what we've done, what Candle's done with this one is he's only only opening the server for availability for the the, the static group time slot on the on the Tuesday, which which is good. Yeah, and and I guess that makes life easier for the server hosting aspects of it all as well. I have no idea what's involved in adminning that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so we're all logging on, and basically, so the fact Factorio itself, it's a two D isometric, two uh, D sort of top down sprite yeah. type game, which is surprising. You don't see a lot of that these days, but. It, and I, I initially was just put off from that quite a lot just because of the aesthetic. I thought, oh, well, I, I, it's 3D or go home for me, really, these days. But I thought, oh, no, we'll give it a go. And, um, yeah, it's quite good. Yeah. The 2D of it all lends itself, creates certain interesting problems. So basically, Factorio, you are a guy who's crashed onto an alien planet in, in, his, in, his, in his little wreck space, yes, yeah. in a wreck spaceship, uh, and you've got the you've got a whole bunch of recipes and crafting abilities and and tools and there's various iron, copper, and coal resources around the place, and basically by going at it with a pickaxe, you can start to build up an infrastructure of various types of machinery, various types of types of processes that can turn this material into that material into that material, and the ultimate aim is to get off the planet. I think by firing a rocket, building a rocket and launching it into space, sure or a satellite or something. I'm not sure if you actually get in the but basically you have to it's it's, it's, a, it's a game driven by its tech tree um, so you know you have a whole huge list of different researchable technologies which will give you more abilities and more materials and so on and you work your way up these, this list with the far end of it being the tech victory which is building the rocket to, to win the game um, and it's the, essentially the same game if you're playing multiplayer or single player but presumably with multiplayer lots of you can help and get things done more efficiently and quicker um, <coughs> that's the theory anyway yeah <laughs> um, yeah. it's a lot of planning this game it, it? well yes it is, a, it is a sort of project management simulator of a sort I mean the whole the, so the basic because it's all 2D you're placing, placing loads of stuff on the ground things like a little brick furnace that you can put stone into which will turn them into bricks or or a smelt or you can smelt iron into iron plates iron ore into iron plates or using the coal as well and then you've got these little inserter arm things which is basically robot arms which can put things into stuff and take things out of stuff depending which way around they face and then you've got lots of conveyor belts which which you can put stuff on which will take things around to your your area to to different places and so using these basic concepts of tools you have to try and build together working factory processes it really reminds me of of some of the more extreme industrial techie type minecraft mods you know where it's all about furnaces and machinery and pipes and automation game of automation yeah, but this is designed from the get-go with that kind of gameplay and style in mind instead of it all being mods on top of Minecraft, for example, which Minecraft itself is essentially a game about Lego, really. Yeah. It's just that a lot of industri- yeah, a lot of very clever people who have created mod packs where they built blocks that start to do industrial processes and then you have to move things between them with pipes or, or, or ducts or whatever. Whereas Factorio, that's essentially the game as designed from the word go. So obviously much better supported, less likely to break and go wrong or be or, or just be totally overbalanced or whatever. And and yeah, it, it's a, it is a puzzle game. It's it's that whole impossible the impossible machine. Yeah, you yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. So you know, you are basically trying to put various different types of machinery in in, in elegant and effective patterns. And, and initially, it's, a, it's it's that simple to learn, difficult to master type thing. Because obviously, you know, digging up some uh, some minerals with a mining machine, the mining you know little little arm takes them out of the mining machine, puts them on a conveyor belt. Conveyor belt takes it across to a furnace. Furnace little arm takes them off the conveyor belt, puts it in the furnace. Furnace turns them into iron plates. Done. You know, there you go. That's iron iron processing. But then, where do the iron plates go? And then the iron plates need to be turned into cogs, which then are part of of the thing that can turn, make this, that, and the other, and, and it's, then everything backs up. <coughs> it is. It's about ratios. It's about. Yeah about efficiency and optimising it's about it's about trying to fit it two or, red to one blue yeah exactly yeah one of those and two of those make one of these and then we need one of those fed over to this machine to make it into something else and it gets it, and oh my god there's a, uh, a <clears throat> thing in the way there so I'm going to tunnel under yeah it. yeah you can has to go under and over and it, it becomes very quickly starts to get out of hand you know yeah. the, the sort of the, the bits bolted on to the overall network I sort of remarked it looked like a circuit board from the yeah, zoomed yeah. out map and, and in a way that's kind of what it is you're trying to pipe things from one place to another without getting in the way of everything else and each time you get a new technology research some new process becomes available which means you need to start getting stuff off of there and over there and of course all this stuff is pyramid based in other words you've got you know it could take you a hundred units of iron ore to make one thing up near the top so 
you have to each time you add more stuff on you have to increase the overall mining capacity and yeah. of course you run out of minerals they're either finite resources in, in large patches on the landscape and when you've run out you have to then go reach go further away and find a new patch of minerals and, and mine those and somehow bring them back to all the stuff trains. you've got trains yeah yeah there are railway tracks and trains that can load and unload into cargo trucks and you know and signals and points and all sorts of stuff and of course all the time this is all happening you're generating pollution uh, which can be seen on the world map which generates a big sort of red haze around your stuff and if that pollution touches any of the indigenous life forms then you start to get a bit yeah. you, get, you get visited yeah. So the aliens, it's very much like the Zerg from StarCraft. It's that kind of aesthetic, because StarCraft, of course, 2D sprite-based sort of RTS. There is a sort of RTS light aspect to it. There are different units, different different alien units. There's the biters that are just simple simple sort of cockroach things that just come running in and trying to eat the nearest things they reach. Um, and then, hello. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, oh, you're, oh, okay. So your, your microphone's yeah, gone weird. Uh, yeah, so, so you've got these things coming in, the, the, the biters, they're easily dealt with. You can yeah. build turrets to deal with them, of course. Um, so you've got uh, various sorts of machine gun turrets, and then you have to manually feed those with ammunition, and you have to build the ammunition, and that needs conveyor belts to take them out there. And uh, he's gone. And then you got, but then you get these more advanced biters that can hang back and start spitting at your stuff, and they they're outside of the range of the bullet-based gun turrets. And then you need to start thinking about: Do I want to go with laser turrets, which needs electricity, which needs steam generation? And there's a vast level in this thing, which is is the whole game, I think, and it's it's a really fascinating thing. So um, yeah, we've been doing we've been sort of working through that, building up. See, the whole thing is driven by the labs, the the science bottles. The, the, you have these laboratories, which are just small buildings, which consume science packs, which are these different coloured bottle little flasks of science. Uh, and those bottles are made from various different bits and pieces. So, for example, the red bottles I think just need a copper plate and a cog or something. Yeah. Whereas the I think we're on we're starting to get up to the the yellow bottles next, I think, or the dark blue bottles, and they need all sorts of crazy materials and often sort of like six or seven different things all assembled in a factory to turn into a bottle and then the bottle needs to be piped down to the lab and that then goes as well so and, and then different technologies on the tree need require different amounts of these bottles i think the one we're doing nuclear we're doing nuclear physics at the moment yeah. which is gonna be exciting uh and those i think that needs about two thousand of four different colored bottles and of course you can't just pipe the bottles in one at a time you have to it will only do science when it has one each of the required colors at the same time which means you have to really be quite clever with the pipe work and the conveyor belts coming in and all the different sub processes, and you end up with you end up with sort of little sub factories off in different places that are doing little miniature sets of processes, which will have lots of different inputs, and then one thing comes out, and then that can go off to somewhere else where that's required to be built. And it's just the depth and the complexity of it all is enough to really make your head spin, and <laughs> and it yeah. absolutely sort of triggers my my sort of my 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 sense of order geek, you know, the 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 that I and that was really enjoying some of the more elaborate tech-based mods in minecraft but but of course this is a game specifically designed for that not not difficultly cludged onto by mod packs or whatever i don't know if if um factorio has mods perhaps it does it's not it's not actually finished yet though so yeah so you've got crude oil as well we, we have to you pump the oil out and then you have to put that through a whole bunch of fractioning refineries to take off heavy oil light oil and petroleum gas and all sorts of things and then that all goes into various chemical industries and plastics and things it's it's insane and and you know i often on a tuesday i'll log into the server and have a look and just zoom the map out and it's like what the <laughs> you know yeah. there's just conveyor belts everywhere and different sorts of resources going everywhere and, and you have to sort of manually trace it back and work, right that's all coming off of there that one goes to there so what's what where do these go and and the idea i think at the moment i think in general the core gameplay is to try and keep the science labs fed with the colored bottles as quickly and as often as possible everything else feeds into that because that unlocks your new technologies and and ultimately the top end technology is your rocket that goes to space or whatever so it's really good and and yeah you've got tanks we had we've unlocked tanks recently which is you know led us to try and uh, take on the the bugs at their at their bases they actually have their own buildings which act as spawning for the incoming visits of biters and stuff that you get and so there's a kind of limited light rts aspect to it i mean it's totally susceptible and broken by the 
turret rush. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, so yeah, you go. I think me and Embryo went out one one session with about twenty or thirty laser turrets and a, about two hundred uh, electricity pylons. We're just laying down this cable to back to the main base with the electrical pylons. Then boom, 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 laser turret, laser turret, laser turret. And then just run away and hide while the the, the laser turrets go mad and annihilate the uh, the enemy buildings. But they, they they keep coming in from further out and they set up new buildings. You know, there's constant pressure. And of course, the bigger and more processes you add, the more pollution you're generating, the more the more vigorously you get visited by uh, different types of biters. There's heavy ones that take a lot of killing as well, and they can start to munch through stuff. So we've come up with, like, walls and dragon's teeth and landmines and stuff. The, it's got floaty robots, which form a kind of logistics delivery network as part as sort of mid-game onwards. So basically these floating drones can deliver stuff to you. So you set yourself a stock level on your personal inventory, and any time you go near into the sort of drone supply range, they'll all just start picking these up and flying yeah. towards you and dropping off. So that that sort of alleviates things a bit. But it is it's a complicated game and and it's interesting to see how we're managing to sort of get stuff done. It's largely a sort of cooperative aspect. No one, there's no one person who's decided to take on the the, the job of being in charge or, or giving everyone else work. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm I'm quite new to the game and don't really know it that well, so I'm quite happy to take suggestions and I'll try and help where I can. But you know, but people will just pick up and start doing things that seem to need doing. And it, and we've got this long long chain bus thing going on where we're trying to have a whole series of different resources available on a, a set of parallel belts all, all running. Massively lengthways across How's the base, and then you can sort of use splitters to pull off required resources above and below. It sort of works, actually. It does. Problem we're getting is that we're just starting to consume such vast amounts of iron and, and coal and copper to, to keep the whole thing fed that we're having to start going quite far and setting up little satellite bases and train lines to try and keep just keep you know keep yeah. enough materials coming in. It's really good, really intriguing as well. I don't think I've played anything quite like it. Like I say, the, the Minecraft mods for for some of the more obscure technical sides of things, but it's and yeah i think back to the impossible machine but that was a very limited subset of here is a particular goal we need you to solve and here are the pieces to do it whereas this is much more of an open freeform thing I, and, and i'm just constantly surprised at how the sudden unlocking an addition of a, one new technology or another necessitates tearing down and rebuilding a whole new sections of the base we got electrical furnaces the other the other day normal furnace you feed it coal and the thing you want smelted and it dumps out the thing that is smelted so iron ore and coal makes an iron plate or, or you put iron plates back in to make steel with coal um, but they require the coal to do that all the time whereas the electrical furnaces you just need an electricity pylon you've got a load of telegraph poles giving electricity all around this place to electrical things and the electrical furnace will just use electricity and turn iron ore straight into steel plates which means you don't need the coal being fed in that's cool. yeah that's good but they the footprint's slightly larger which means yeah, that you have yeah. to now tear a whole load of stuff down, make new holes, and the, the, the little feedy arm things don't quite reach or are in the way. So there's a const it's it's that it's that um, well you have got the two things you have got the the automation cost thing going on. If I do a thing, if I I can do this thing manually a couple of times and just do it, how many times do I have to do it before it becomes easier just to build an automate automatic system to do it? You sort of take that time out to step away and do build an automated thing to do it. It's very much a process and almost like visual programming in a way. But also you got the um, the how long do we let this inefficient cludge run before we ought to just tear it down and rebuild with the new technology you know start it start it again it's so yeah a little sort of optimizing and designing sort of things like that are quite quite fascinating challenges and yeah it is it is a, an industrial process game that i play for fun which is odd but very satisfying very satisfying i'm enjoying it a lot so yeah, that's that's what we're doing on the Tuesdays anyway. Uh, I don't know what I think we'll probably we we will be back to Elite Dangerous at some point. I'm sure because it's a, it's a good game that we didn't rage quit from. It's just uh, we felt we needed a break and try something different. I think they're going to be playing Sea of Thieves a fair bit as well. Um, but yeah, who knows what else on the Tuesdays? But yeah, Factorio. We go, I don't know how far we are through. Looking at the available tech tree, I think we're probably about halfway through, and we've been doing it about four, four or five weeks now. So it's good. I'm, I, I enjoy it a lot. If you like the sort of mod packs for minecraft that involve machines and resource ratios and stuff then you'll you'll love this it's it's very good i don't know when it's going to be ready and finished and launched Never. but i know that doesn't seem to really matter anymore yeah anyway over to you i'm going to talk about vermintide 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 2 2 2 yeah, yeah. Uh, which has got more scaven 
Skaven. You know, usually I wouldn't uh, condone a game which is all about killing Skaven because that's just a little bit mean. Skaven are pretty great, pretty nasty though, aren't they? No, nasty pieces cute, of work. Cute little, <laughs> cute Skaven. Cute little ratty things. <laughs> cute little hideous mutant warpstone fiends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a game where you have imagine Left 4 Dead. Yes. Imagine it with Skaven and um, Warhammer Fantasy. So four-player co-op survival yeah. type thing. Mm. Uh, we do a level. You have uh, streams of enemies coming at you, and you have to go along and do some things along the way. Right. Like you may have to ring a bell and then wait for the uh, resulting stream of enemies to go away. <laughs> right. Or you, you may have yeah um, okay. have to align some things on the ground, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's very good. Okay. It's incredibly good. It, it, unlike the first one, it it's seems a lot harder, mm. and it doesn't quite seem as I don't know. The first one was quite favourably received, as I understand. Yeah. I didn't play it myself, but a lot of people liked it. It. Yeah, it, mm. it. it seems like it's a lot more uh, along the lines of a bit more survivally rather than um, just go along and do these thingsy. But that could just be me, I don't know. Um, you pick from a bunch of characters uh, you, which you can level up. So you, you might want to be the dwarf or you might want to be the witch hunter yep. or the um, elf. Or hat with a buckle. Yeah. Uh, and so and you basically have, you level them up, you get new gear, you need to get uh, upgrade your gear, uh, new guns, new crossbows, new swords, that kind of thing. Mm. You're gonna, uh, keep going. You can run all these missions on different difficulty levels. Now, okay. Only so many missions because being a Left 4 Dead type game, yeah, it's one of yeah. the games where we just replay stuff mm -hmm. and it's very very interesting it looks great so um, the proper skulls everywhere sort of warhammer old world style i've dialed it down a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's during the end times so everything's gone a little bit to pieces right um and you're dealing with um skaven and chaos now okay um so you've got chaos warriors and things and chaos spawn I hate Chaos Spawn. They're the Chaos most, Spawn. They're the most annoying creatures. I don't think you're meant to like them. No, they're really hard to kill. Ah. Um, and they keep grabbing members of your party and then chomping on them to repair their health. Is this like um, Left 4 Dead's sort of signature boss zombie type things? Oh, yeah. There, there are a bunch of different types of creatures you have in there. Like the, the, the guy with the warp, uh, warp flamethrower. Oh, right. Uh, or the uh, uh, proper Chaos Warrior, who's just this large, heavy armoured guy. Yeah. Um, there's this really annoying um, Skaven assassin -y guy who just jumps on people and stabs them. <laughs> really annoying and kills people. Uh, and yeah, it's really, really good. I'm really liking it. Um, uh, you can play it solo if you want using bots, which mm. is okay if you're learning the levels, but you're not getting the most. Not really the point of it, no. yeah, yeah. And it's really, really enjoyable. And I don't know how long it's going to take for the levels to get too repetitive, but mm. Left 4 Dead never really did unless you were playing with you. Um, and then, yeah. You're never going to let me leave that down. You broke the game. I can't help it. It punished me. It singled me out as a particular problem and it decided, decided to... you were doing so well because I really your wasn't. effort of not trying very hard looked like you were doing really well. I'm quite a defensive player, which the, the, the AI director in Left 4 Dead really doesn't like. No, it, it assumes that you can take a bit more um, zombies. Yeah, it was horrific. I played it twice, I think, with you lot, and yeah. I've never touched it since. It was, <laughs> it was really traumatic. Yeah, yeah um... So yeah, it's a good game. I recommend it. Uh, quite a lot. it. It's made more money than the first game did in the first couple of weeks. Mm, very popular, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's not even out on consoles yet. It's just so out you got on like pro character progression in there, is it? Uh, yeah, you level up your characters. You get to you unlock different traits as you go through, and you can right. between them as the, uh, to try and make some semblance of a build. But it's not a very fleshed out system there. Mm -hmm. It's quite more light. a case of you'll be after gear to get your power level up, yeah, so that you can actually. Uh, um, uh, be more useful like you you're, you start out completely useless and after the first mission you'll end up with a much better sword and a much better range weapon okay. and that does sound cool is it group size of four though is it yeah group mm, size of four, yeah which is a bit of a problem but yeah well, can't have everything i suppose so mind you, it's one of those games where too many people would be too chaotic yeah yeah it's already pretty difficult to balance with, uh, uh, <laughs> A bit too much flame-based magic. And <laughs> Just fire everywhere. Firing. Uh -huh, uh -huh, cool. Uh, okay. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to ask now. But yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's very good. I recommend it uh, heartily. 
cool. Um, I'm going to talk about Thursdays because we're sort of on and off still playing Warframe on the Thursdays. Okay. Um, that's still going. I'm surprised how long and how enduring that's been for me. It just seems to really hit that short play spot for me. You can do a level or two. They rarely take more than 15 minutes. And you've got this long progression in there where you're saving up resources to build new Warframes or new guns or whatever. And, of course, the solar system map, which I've yet to finish. Some of them are getting quite tricky around sort of Sedna and Eris, sort of beyond Pluto. Um, yeah, there's a lot of buildcraft to be had in there. They just had their five-year anniversary. Wow. Yeah, they're very pleased with themselves, and rightly so. It's a good game. Seems to be very popular. They've got a lot of... They, they have a lot of goodwill. They seem to have a, a community that likes them, and they seem to be making the right kinds of noises in the sort of more meta game journalist press as well. Particularly, I mean, there was sort of some interviews, I think, recently. They had, um, I think, some chap called Noclip who does um, yes. YouTube videos or you whatever. They're very, very good. I should... Yeah, uh, and apparently during this interview they, they, they came out with this quite astonishing remark that they, they, they had to take one of their cash shop one of their cash shop offerings out because apparently people were using it too much. <laughs> it was it was making them too much money, so they took it out. Yeah. It was you know it sounds stupid, but obviously they got some kind of you know, morals, I suppose. Is yeah. that the word? <laughs> they have a sense of decency when it comes to whales and whale farming. You know, they've been cultivating a reputation. Yeah, yeah. This particular thing was essentially it was a slot machine. You you, you gave them sixty nine cents or whatever, and it gave you it randomised the cut the, the the fur colours of your pet space dog thing and some someone i think within the first week or two someone had dropped 200 dollars on it in one go you yeah know? and they just they, they, they yeah they were so horrified by this the exploitative nature of what they'd created that they decided to back it out which is just an unusual really unusual story most you know if that were ea or whoever they'd be laugh, laughing to yeah. the bank with yeah. that kind of thing anyway um yeah so they've done they've got a whole load of events going on at the moment to celebrate these five years the gifts of the lotus thing there is a a, a, a secondary weapon primary weapon melee weapon uh, and a cloak that you can have by doing a one-time event, uh, the relatively low-end difficulty missions that you do. Uh, and those weapons are they're actually quite good. I've, I've got them all. I've, I've taken them for a bit of a spin. They're pretty effective, very useful kit to have. And they come pre-catalysted, the potato. So basically they come with the double upgrade slots already. And they come with a weapon slot. So that's 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 very valuable because that doesn't eat into because the weapon slots and equipment slot, uh, yeah, warframe slots are about the only thing you have to actually buy with real money, yeah. uh, and these things don't consume any of those. So you get them get them in addition. So worth doing. If you're at all interested in the game, pop in and get those done. You need to do like four missions. That, I think the most difficult one was about level ten or so. Um, you'll need to each of these missions. You have to do it with only the primary weapon equipped, or only the secondary weapon, or only the melee equipped. But you know that's not too bad if you've got some decent ones levelled up already. Um, yeah, uh, I personally, I nearly got the Octavia Warframe built. I've got all the parts now. I just need to save up some of the one of the particularly rarer resources by the occasional alerts and missioning, and then I'll have it all done. I'll be able to start. Inflicting all sorts of horrors on, on, on my regular group friends uh, with the inbuilt sequencer. I've already found a, uh, a fantastic uh, Mandacord rendition of the Immigrant Song um, by Led Zeppelin. So that, that, well, that might, we'll see how we go from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so no, it's that, it's, that's the interesting sort of bard frame group buff based thing that you can give it your own music to. And then if people shoot in time to the music, they gain shooting buffs, that kind of thing. It's, it's just a fascinating mechanic that I'd quite like to explore. So do well there um yeah they i think the in the short term it's all still uh planes of eidolon stuff and boss uh, new bosses to fight on there uh, I think then what we'll probably see soon will be some sort of Venus-based open-world outdoor planes-type zone soon. I don't know how, how far off that is, a couple of months maybe. But So, you know, everything seems to be really going well for digital extremes in, the, in this game. It, I mean, it was, a, it was a game that sort of really started off really quite weak and not very not very appreciated, and, yeah. and it seems to have gained traction and picked up. So doing well. Um, I'm still interested, yeah. And it, it really is that just drop in, do a bit of a mission. Oh, what, what kind of alerts are on now? Oh, yeah, this one one's going to give me some of these resources i could do with those i'll pop in and do that or this one's the you know, blueprint for a cosmetic head for one of my warframes we'll, we'll do that um yeah so i'm quite keen to try and help some of my some of the gang get through the the second dream mission because i really keep wanting to talk about it and no one else has done it and it's it's hugely spoilerific but uh, and it's quite tricky to get to as well but once you once you've done done the legwork through the solar system and actually done that mission um it's uh it, it does significantly change the game afterwards and, and I can't say anything about it. It's really frustrating. Abilities so, wise, or just plot wise? Abilities and plot, oh. everything. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is all that. 
you know. I don't I don't say that lightly. Mm. So stop slacking people. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to help people through. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck on one of the earlier missions, which involves you to use your codex scanner on a thing during a mission somewhere on Uranus. And if you don't, if you basically if you're not quick enough, that thing will vanish. So and and, and you almost don't realise that's happening in the middle of the normal gunplay and stuff. That's the problem. Anyway, so still going with Warframe. It's a sort. It's not really a an official static Thursday group thing, but uh, we, we are doing it every now and then on the Thursdays, which is good. So over to you. Um, there you yeah, stuff. Oh, right, back to me again. Good, 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 good handoff there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I so Fridays we're still playing Pathfinder. Uh, we're on module four, just about getting to the end of module four out of six on the Kingmaker adventure path. Um, wow. Yeah, I know it's been going for about three years now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, 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 we, they're, they're, they're working their way through new lands and, and killing pretty much everything they come across in the traditional murder hobo style, which is which is good. Um, so yes, instead I shall talk about Saturdays, which seems to have turned into a kind of Lord of the Rings Online static group. Yeah, uh, of three, uh, we've made it to Moria. Bizarre. Or Moriah, Moria. I got into trouble for pronouncing it wrong quite a lot back in the day, and I forget which was the right one. Anyway. It's uh, my enthusiastic face. Yes, you don't care, do you? No, no you're not going to start again and no. work through the whole story. And I I can see why, because I tell you what, that whole second half of Volume 1 really, <laughs> really outstays its welcome. It's a shame, and it's not really their fault. Okay, so, so yeah, the epic story is the main reason you're there. It's, yep, it's the yep. story of the other Fellowship of the Ring and, and are, are behind, just over the next hill goings-ons. Um, so the first eight books of Volume 1 are essentially you sort of from behind the scenes helping the fellowship get to Rivendell in the first place at which point they park and then you end up going north to Angmar and dealing with the steward of Angmar a creature called Moradrith who's been left behind minding the shop while the witch king of Angmar's south being in the films and stuff yeah Um, yeah and there's a lot of to and fro and some interesting story there, largely to do with the rangers of the north, uh, you know, all the rangers, all the people who aren't Aragorn who are up there keeping things bolt battened down. And that's all quite good, quite satisfying. Finishes at the end of book eight, you get a title and in your little deed book and stuff. It's all great. And then they uh, were busy trying to make Moria. Um, so for the remaining seven books of volume one, there's a lot of backwards and forwards fetching and carrying and quite frustrating sub plot involving a creature called Amartheel who's some kind of ringwrath lady who's trying to find her missing ring of power that didn't show up in any of the films or books or <laughs> not even in the unfinished tales this oh, is wow. this isn't yeah yeah it's 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 where they're at their weakest i think is their original content you know the stuff that doesn't actually involve the lord of the rings um so yeah and then during that time they added the zone of even dim and the zone of forachel i think we were around around that yeah, kind of time yeah, yeah. and so those those book volumes were being dropped in sort of in and around that but they only really added two zones during the entirety of the second year, seven books worth of, of epic story content. And most of the rest of it is the most tedious, ridiculous backwards and forwards. Now go and see Elrond. Now go back to some, talk to someone in your starter area. Now go see Glorfindel. Hey, return to Glowin. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, oh, God, you know, have you people not got, you know, there's a mailbox. You're stood next to a goddamn mailbox. <coughs> I mean... The whole thing could have been solved in about thirty minutes if mobile phone technology existed in Middle Earth. But anyway, so you do you do a lot of that. The last book in that whole volume one is quite good. You know the the, the culmination of the Amarthiel story and Narmaleth and so on. It is a very satisfying thing at the end of it all. And then that leads you da da Moria, and we done we done the uh, the introductory lead in instance thing off of the Regian. You know that whole sort of uh, the at the doors of Durin with the lake and the the, the squid monster thing. So you've got this, this expedition of dwarves who've decided to go and reclaim Moria, and so you end up sort of helping them out quite extensively throughout the whole of Volume 2. Uh, and there's an instance at the start which sort of gets them inside, and it's all done in phasing so that you can be there when they do the important stuff, and that's okay. And then they sort of you, know, you get attacked by the squid in the lake, you know, because <laughs> there's a whole sort of backwards and forwards section of that early section where there's the, um, basically a bunch of dwarves all stood waiting outside the doors while they dig out the rubble and try and get the doors open so they can go in for the first time and several dwarves all stood on the edge of the lake just chucking stones in repeatedly and you're just thinking ah don't do that and they um, they do they do end up getting caught by uh, the big squid monster at the end the watcher of the lake and and it turns out that your normal weapons can't damage the watcher of the lake 
No. So that you have to go off and be introduced to the legendary items mechanic. Um, there's, there's a bit of intro gump about that. And that was exciting at the time when we first saw it. And then later it became less exciting because you get into a habit of looting five or six legendary items per foray and chucking them all in a big hopper for the parts to make your own legendary weapon get better. And it just, yeah, I can't think of anything less legendary than what it actually ends up turning no. into. And now, when you get to level 100, they, they stop leveling up anyway and it turns into a different mechanic so whatever you know so so we're just totally not interested in legendary items at all really apart from just basic dps viability but i've forgotten how great the level the world design for moria was some people didn't like it because essentially it is you know about five it's about 15 zones of dark caves that you spend you know months of, of game time you know play time in without seeing the sun particularly and too many goats quite a lot of goat trick trekking around the place yeah not underground creatures no Set them free no well i guess horses and ponies are even less yeah. so yeah but and i elves. i really enjoyed the moria's moria zones and the design of it all and it's not does tiny claustrophobic places i think they might have lightened it up a bit since we were there the, the ambient lighting is a bit better the draw distances are improved that kind of thing and you you start getting a real large sense of scale in there these giant dwarven outposts with huge light crystals of light on top and 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 just the scale of the place and the music's quite epic as well i'm really enjoying it but we i think we did one session in there from this saturday we spent about i don't know we spent about five or six hours in there we managed to clear go from the doors of Durin right to the chamber of the crossroads and through about eight eight or nine quest hub outposts so wow. i think either they've streamlined the insides of there a lot or, or we're just much better at it these days i don't know but um yeah i'm we're getting stuck in we jumped down the well yay yay well traveled <laughs> get a title for it it's brilliant you die on impact and we all died on impact except except multi somehow we then managed to get two more ticks on his res deed <laughs> i don't know how he managed to they must have hit something on the way down or had a parachute or something but but yeah, so we were just landed on the bodies. Working our way through Mori. I think we're on volume two, book two, or I think just starting book three now. So I mean, I'm in no specific hurry to clear through there as quickly as possible because having now done the entire volume one, we're out of the launch content, the Shadows of Angmar stuff, and it's from Moria and onwards. It's all relatively un. It's unrepeated for me. So this is like for Moria. I think it's probably perhaps the third time I've seen it third character has even got through the doors of Durin yeah. so uh, it's all still relatively interesting so I'm, I'm, I'm quite prepared to start doing some actual hub quest stuff as well as just relentlessly pressing on the volumes to get the story through I don't mind seeing a bit of the side stuff again because it's quite an interesting place but yeah, so we've got lots to do in there, lots of backwards and forwards. I haven't reached the 21st hall yet, which is the main sort of hub for goods and services. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll be the place to get. Because once you get to the 21st hall, then you can swift travel to Bree, swift travel to Rivendell and so on, which means you can leave the place and see the sky, if you like, now ah, and then. Like. At the moment, we're, we're kind of stuck inside the place doing the stuff. But it's OK. I'm enjoying it. It's good. Um, I've got no... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how long it'll take us to get through and out the other side. Because <coughs> once you're out there, it's Lothlorien, and that's just a town hub, really. There's not a lot goes on there, but then we're on to the southern Mirkwood, and I'm not looking forward to that. To be honest, it wasn't a high point. No, the whole southern Mirkwood expansion. I just want to clear it, through there. It's just a string of low points, really. It's just a big old gnarly forest and a lot of spiders, which I suppose is what you're expecting. But they they put such an emphasis on dull Guldur raiding. You know, it was like the big thing was, oh, we're going to have lots and lots of raid instances and lots of dungeons in in dull Guldur, and that's fine if you're a dedicated guild who are at the top of your game and that is the end game content. But apart from that most people are just pottering through or not interested they're yeah. off down in blinking mordor or whatever now so i don't know we'll get through it because i own it already um and then on back on to enidreth and head down through the isengard stuff i really want to see rohan I, I, there's just so much in there i want to see i'm i only ever made it as far in terms of where the fellowship got to i didn't reach the end of book one the end of the fellowship of the ring where the, the fellowship uh, split apart so yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of comments going on there. Oh, yeah. It's too far away for me to read clearly, so I'm sorry. Uh, lag. Yeah, there's audio lag. <laughs> Everyone's a technical Paul critic. Porpoising uh, through even dim. Yes, that was fantastic. And also it turned out to be slightly faster 
uh, jumping through the lake than swimming straight straight across. Of course, nowadays, even dim, even dim in tw- circa twenty eighteen, they've got boat travel pretty much everywhere oh, okay. now. Yeah. There are lots of boats all around the outside, so you do. Well, s- the time? I no, no, I don't think there so. Some boats there might be one or two, but there's yeah. a lot more of them now. So you spend a lot less time just tediously swimming across the lake, which so that streamlines it a bit. But but yeah, so uh, yeah, we're still going. It's still you know, so it's a quiet you know muted appreciative nostalgic journey through it's not a massive yay brand new experiences new game you know it's not it's not something i'd actively promote and try and encourage other people to join us because it's you know a long it's a long haul and it's stuff most people have done to death but i mean it's nice that nixoy could actually join us now because you know the you could you can start at it seems an interesting position because he used the gift of the valar to get to the starter mori gets a 50 i think he's picked a high elf as well they get they get they get fast travel to lothlorien oh, <laughs> yeah exactly like you just go straight to the end of, of, of the Minds of Moria content by clicking a button. But they don't get any of the backstory filled in. They, I think they get some decent gear, and I think they get some points on their virtues and stuff, and they get some occasional swift travel point unlocked. But they don't have, like, the whole of Volume 1 ticked off as complete. They left. So if he wanted to catch us up while we were halfway through the boring parts of, like, Volume 1, Book 10, he'd have had to have gone back to Volume 1, Book 1, you know, starting Bree somewhere, pick up with Strider, and go all the way through from there, which would take a very long time. So he wasn't able to join us until we actually got started on Volume 2, which was the next available anyone-can-start-here yeah. point. So that was a bit of a problem, but we're all, we're all on the same page now. But anyone else joining us now would probably have to go back and start from Volume 2 at Moria and then do a fair bit of homework to catch up, which is you know not that great, not that fun. So, but yeah, we're, we're going through. I'm, I'm. It's it's a slow but steady, cautious optimism. I think I'm. I think I'm still good to get to the end, but I don't want to you know <laughs> jinx uh-huh. it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a terrifyingly large undertaking. Anyone starting Lord of the Rings online now from scratch, they wouldn't expect to get to Mordor within a year of play, probably. No, and and that's. Uh, what other things are like that in recreation, in hobbies, you know? I suppose learning a musical instrument is that kind of thing, isn't it? You pick up, you know, you go to a music shop and buy a violin and think, right, I'm going to learn to play the violin. You don't, you, you wouldn't really expect to be any good within six months. But can, should computer games occupy that kind of, of commitment space? You, you know? really want to pull on that thread. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm in danger of unravelling something terrifying there, really. But yeah, so um, yeah, we're sort of on and off on the Saturdays, still pushing through, and and I think we'll get certainly get to Isengard if not further. I'd like to at Do least. Any hobbits? No, no, we're all elves. Okay. All elves this time, uh, in keeping with the uh, last chance to see Middle Earth before before uh, before we. Yeah. Well, in in character, get on the boats and go to go across the sea to the uh, the sundered land or whatever. But in in meta sense, before they shut the game down, you know. Either way, however you want to play it, it just seemed appropriate. So yes, the elves are coming. The elves are coming. There's three elves just come running in and start throwing spears at everything and you know, blowing stuff up with orbital strikes from the sky. And now we got lightning as well. The old EMP bursts and. It's uh, very, very uh, uh, true to the books. We're quite, we're quite vengeful elves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. We we, we tend to decimate most wildlife that we see and yeah. uh, harvest its materials for our own sinister purposes. I think we are the monsters again, again, again. So yeah, there we go. So yeah, and that's that's pretty much my week at the moment. There's, I've got a lot of other stuff to talk about, but another time, you know, planet explorers. I'll talk about that another time. Interesting. Somebody is playing that. Mm. So anything else? Not really. Um, um, you could have talked for another four minutes. Oh, God, really I've useful. come in too early. Usually you, you, I'm having to... <laughs> you either shut you I up. thought I'd give you a bit of space, and you turned out not to have played anything again. I played, it. Well, I played right. a bit of Evil Genius, actually. Evil Genius. Yeah. Is that like some sort of phone exploitative phone no, re- reboot? I, I played the original Evil Genius. Wow. Okay. I did like that, but I found it got a bit frustrating. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult game. Partic- I think the main difficulty is because it's you. you it's a base building RTS where you are a, a, a villainous mastermind. And it's great while you're on the first island, but yeah. then there's a point about halfway through the game where your base is, for one reason or another, you have to get, abandon that base and start again on a new base. Uh, I think because the hollowed-out volcano isn't big enough for your doomsday weapon or something, whatever. But at that point, you've got at least three of the national, the, the enemy super agents messing with you at that point, and then it makes you go to a place where you've got no defences. And it, it's just really awkward at that. Yeah, the entire balance of the game is slightly wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not- a Fantastic idea. With everything available, yeah. Really, and so it, there's no feel of progression on your first base. 
and then afterwards it just goes downhill. Well, those super agents are a nightmare as well. I mean, I did try a playthrough once that got quite far when I went with Alexis, and her powers are all sort of misdirection and soothing threat bars and stuff. And then if you get a whole load of the concierge ones with the bellhop hats, yeah. minions, they're very good at... at um, they're, they're basically... They misdirect and confuse investigating agent, enemy agents, and and so you can keep your th- your threat really low, but still progress very far with the with the money and everything. So that's sort of um, <laughs> I forgot to say you got too much technology in here, but that's a good way to to get reasonably far rather than just going all out straight villain and you know just trying to fight it all off, fight the incoming soldiers off. So my phone is. Perfectly, actually. Uh, yeah. Just run, yeah. Yeah. You, you got something else has kicked off. It. What's that doing? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, how far have you got? Oh, not that far. Because hmm. um, it is a perfect game idea. It's a brilliant game idea, but yeah, just a flawed game. I've, I remembered it a lot fonder than yeah. It actually turns out to be in uh, retrospect because it's a. Absolute spot-on sort of 60s James yeah. Bond sort of thing. The music, the visuals, everything's there. Um, but, yeah, the mechanics are quite clunky in it, a lot of places. It, it, it seems to be just missing something, another layer of game, yeah. which um, nowadays it would have. Mm. But, yeah, then again, it's old enough to uh, have not known <coughs> either. So, the interesting. So you say there's another one coming? Yeah, they're making a third. OK. Was there a two? Is there a two? I don't know. They're making another one. Mm, yeah. I thought there was a... I maybe think of another don't know. Yeah, anyway, they're making another one. Uh, it's Rebellion, I believe. OK. Because Rebellion own everything now. Hmm. Be interesting to watch, yeah. Yeah. Um, not sure what's coming out, but yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, played that. Cool. Yeah, um, go on to YouTube, watch this video, listen to us on this side. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Do you spiel? No, this feels boring. You can see us in all manner of ways, to, including live. Look, look hello. Find everything. Uh, Twitch. Uh, how about a time? Twitch is a thing now. It's a thing. I don't know if we're going to ever do anything else. <laughs> it's been a nightmare and it's taken up all afternoon to get working. And I use working in a very, very, very loose term. Um, it's that level of quality that you've come to expect. It, it is definitely the level of quality you've come to expect. <laughs> and a reliable level of quality as well. We're nothing if not consistent in our inconsistency. Cool. Uh, so, what have you learned this week? I've learned that I can't do meringues by hand. You need an electric whisk. I've there was a terrible cooking done. cooking experiment. It was. You um, tried it by hand. Yeah. Well, I haven't got an electric whisk, and I thought I'm not buying an electric whisk just to have a go at meringues. Uh, and and it was too. There was, it was just too flat, and it came out really badly in the pan and why, stuff. Why and then I had the brilliant idea of a thought. Well, I haven't got a whisk. Let's try putting it in the food processor, and, and that actually makes it less aerated. Yeah. Beats all the air out, so it just came yeah. out as a kind of liquid. It was oh dear. I made myself a bit ill, and it tasted a lot of raw egg. So uh, I'm quite lucky to be here today, actually. Yeah. yeah. And what I did learned, you learn this way? I learned that donkey tastes like ham. <laughs> right. Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought it would have tasted like chicken. No, it tastes like ham. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Anyway, join us next week for more of the same. See you later.